most of the time people are lonely, not because they don't know enough people or don't have enough friends, but because they don't have as many deep friends as they want. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this conversation. I have been wanting to have Jewel come on to the podcast ever since I knew she was specializing in friendship um, with her coaching. So I've already gotten ahead of myself. Today's guest is Jewel Homan, who is a brain-based connection coach and helps people with friendships and relationships and connections. So welcome, Jewel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's quite the intro. And happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have devoured other interviews I've heard you on, so I'm excited to get into it with you. But to start, can you tell us all just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah. So I got into this work by going through it myself completely. So I just really changed my whole life through like the coaching tools that I used. I felt so much more comfortable in my skin. I was somebody that always felt just very in my head uh, and anxious during like social settings. Like people like don't believe that now, but like really I was very, (laughs) I was very quiet, very reserved, just really always trying to be nice, not trying to rock the boat. And I really worked on that. And then the pandemic hit and like so many people, I realized how lonely I actually was and how badly I wanted to create deep and meaningful connection. I thought I had friends and and I did. I did have like a, a lot of friends, but I didn't feel close. I really, truly felt so lonely. And so uh, 2020, I got really involved with uh, Shasta Nelson. She has great books on friendship and I got really involved with her work. I created my own process using her research to create these really deep and meaningful friendships. And now it's just the thing that I can't stop researching. It's my favorite thing um, to to talk about. I think it's so important. I think at the time I thought it was only me where I was like, oh, just like me struggles with this. But no, so many people, um, people were noticing that I created this like friend group for myself and people were asking me about it. So so many people like want this, crave this, and I'm so excited to talk to your people about it, um, particularly. So I'm so jazzed. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's so interesting. So can you talk to us about something on your website? You talk about a connection formula. What is what is that? Yes. So uh Shasta as and she's done so much work. Like in my opinion, she's like the friendship pioneer. I worked with her for a while. Brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, and she created what she calls like the frontimacy triangle. Now, I believe this work can be applied to all of our relationships. Uh, and so I really wanted to point that out with my, my people. So I s- switched it, altered it a little bit, and I call it the connection formula. But the principles are still the same. And that is that for everybody, we have like meaningful moments and 
the the deeper relationships go, how they get deeper is we increase our vulnerability with people and then we increase what she calls consistency with people. And what she means by consistency is like time invested. So for some people, right, like I have friends that I have been friends with since I was 12. And I don't have to talk to them all of the time to feel really close to them because we have a lot of history together. So that's some consistency there. Whereas creating a newer friendship, you don't have that history and you need to build up in sort of like a frequency, if you will. So this is why a lot of people tend to get really close to their coworkers. They see them all the time, right? They see them every day. And so there's a lot of frequency there. Now, some people might hear that off the bat and might be like, okay, well, I work from home. What? Like, I don't, what do I do? Right. And consistency again, can be like time invested. And so like spending like a day with somebody, girls trips to great hacks to kind of do that in like other sort of ways, but that's the formula. So every single friendship ever has those three things. And if one friendship feels like it's lacking in some kind of way, it's normally missing one of those three things. So again, it's like the meaningful moments and then vulnerability and consistency. Okay. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, you know, I'm child-free, my friends have gone on to have kids, they don't really have the time, we can't really have that consistency the way that we used to, what advice would you have for for someone in that scenario and what should they do or what could they try? Yeah, yeah. And so I guess I never said too like what I do and what I'm really big on, which it's kind of funny. I just got so into being like, this is how this happened. Um, What I do is I help people create meaningful, deep friendships and feel safe in friendships. And so I actually have worked on this with with moms and with people that have decided to be child free. It's actually very similar, which is kind of funny. Um, But what I would say to somebody is especially like, let's say, you've decided not to have children, like one of your close friends or a couple of your close friends have decided to have kids. One, a lot of people are very resistant to friendships changing. And it makes so much sense because our idea of even like what we think a successful marriage to be or relationship is like, oh, the success is in the longevity, right? And that is not, in my opinion, what means a successful relationship. Like a relationship can be really long and like be really, really bad, right? <laughs> so um, what I would say one is a lot of people are very resistant to that change. And the research says that every seven years, about half of our friendships change and shift. And so what that means is that somebody who might be a priority is no longer at the highest priority. It might mean that we don't really talk to these, you know, kind of good friends like acquaintances anymore, but we have new people in. And I want to encourage people to embrace that and love that. And again, it's natural to be resistant to it. Uh, however, it's such a gift that this person played such a special role in your life at this time. And now you're open to new people playing special roles. Now, I want to start off by saying that because I think it's just really important to start with that level of like abundance of you don't need your relationship with your friends that have children to be the exact same as it was 
for you to feel close and connected with them. And so I would encourage you to find the ways in which you still do feel connected with these people, find the ways in which you do connect and which is easy for both of you. And I also encourage you to decide like what it is you want from your friendships and see how you can give that to yourself first, because this is just not going to help just with like your friends that are moms or have children, but it's going to help with your friends all over the board too. There's so many things I could say, but let me start with that. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I know there's so many things I want to pick up on that you have just said there. Um, So one is I love that you bring that perspective that our, our friendships change and that's okay. And it's also, if you're feeling resistant, that's normal, but also to see it as sort of this beautiful thing. Like I think back to my college self versus now. Yeah. It's they're the, the people that I talk to on a daily basis are not the same as they were back then. And yeah, that's just how, how life goes. So I really appreciate that perspective. And also it's interesting to think something you said, and I can't remember if I'm going to get the, the the words right, but like who you're prioritizing, like who you're giving your time and your attention to, right? Like who do you want to build that consistency with? And I think personally, sometimes it feels like, well, everyone's valuable. Like how do I choose or how do I, can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Yes. So I talk about this all the time. So I'm so glad you brought this up. One of my big things is really believing in priority friends and like you said, a lot of people have the thought where they're like, oh my gosh, like everybody's valuable. Like it's, I'm being kind of mean. <laughs> right. And yeah. Right. And what I want to offer is like prioritizing some people doesn't mean you love other people less. It doesn't mean that you value them less. It doesn't mean that they aren't as worthy as the people that you were prioritizing. When we prioritize people, we prioritize to give ourselves and other people, but ourselves such a gift of deep connection. Because the truth is, if you're trying to be friends with everybody, you're going to feel close to nobody. Yeah, that's so true. And because I noticed in my life, there can be almost a spreading too thin, right? And then I like forget someone's birthday because I'm trying to be in touch with so many people that then some people, I feel like, oh my gosh, that's not a birthday I should have missed. Like they may be, I don't know. Sometimes I think of it as like inner circles. Like we have a ring maybe of people that are, we do want to prioritize. And then we have sort of rings of people out from there. Now that's not to say like we value anyone in a ring anymore, but it is maybe that, you know, we are getting more from the connections of the people that we put in that closer circle. I don't know why circles seem to be the analogy that I'm using. No, I love it. The way you were saying it, I can have a visual. I love that. I love the way you said that. Anna. It was so brilliant. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so you're essentially giving permission to think about who do you want in that inner circle? And that's not selfish. It's not mean. And, and what are the benefits of doing that? I think you've already spoken to that a little bit, but is there anything you want to expand on? Yes. No, it just, um, when you prioritize people and I like to call it like your five priority friends. Um, I kind of hate that it's the number five because it reminds me of MySpace five favorites. And I think that's where this like mean thing comes from. But anyway, <laughs> um, research shows that our mind can really only realistically manage and handle like five deep relationships. 
and one of them, you know, might be if you have a partner, might be your partner or family members as well. So like really think about it in terms of friends, but just all sorts of relationships, like who do you want your five priority people to be? Again, this doesn't mean that you love some people more than others. I have a client who has like a ton of cousins. She loves them all equally, but only one is in the priority. And what this does and allows you to create is very deep relationships with these five people, the most fulfilling relationships. Most of the time, people are lonely, not because they don't know enough people or don't have enough friends, but because they don't have as many deep friends as they want. And so you were really gifting yourself that gift. You were also choosing who you want to think about the most, spend the most time with. So for me personally, when I was doing this process myself, I wanted to be around people that were doing things that I found to be really inspiring. I wanted to be around people that were also very deeply passionate about impacting the world. And so now two of my priority friends, after doing that process, they are that way. And I'm constantly fueled by them. And when I talk to them and when I go to them, it's so much easier to think that way myself (laughs) around them, right? So priority friends really helps you choose also like your internal environment. We don't realize that, but really like the way we think and the way we feel Um, because we're around those people the most, we're thinking about those people the most. It also makes it easier. Like you said, I love that example of the birthday thing. Oh my goodness. I have been there. Right. And it's so common because we know more people now more than ever. And we are in a way more, I I don't mean shallow as in like not meaningful, but we are more like kind of lightly connected with people than ever before, especially because of social media. So um, yeah, that pressure to like make sure you don't miss birthdays and stuff. It's really hard. And it's a lot of people rather than just five. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. So when you were going through this process yourself, And something you said earlier was, it's not that we don't know enough people, but it's the depth of our relationships that we're creating with the people in our life. So if someone is listening to this and they're like, yes, I am craving more connection, more meaningful relationships, what would your advice be? How can they start to sort of evaluate who they want to connect with? Yes. And kind of decide their priority people. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yes. And and again, it's not mean. It's such a gift that you were offering to yourself, but also to other people. Because when you decide like, okay, here are the, my priority friends and they're going to evolve and shift. Remember, our friendships are ever growing <laughs> right? every yeah. seven years. But when you do that for you, what you do for your other people as well is you allow other people to prioritize you and prioritize other people if they aren't a priority to you as much right you give them space in their life to prioritize other people as well and it really is just such a loving thing you can do so how you can kind of start thinking about the people that you want to prioritize the way I really went about it again was I I really thought about okay here are people that are impacting um the world and I picked four lovely humans, four girls that I wanted to deepen my connection with. Now, at the time, I still had like three other 
really close priority friends. Mm-hmm. And I let it be that. And it was very hard for me to do this. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm, I'm also like, like you, where you're like, Oh, but this person, but this person, there yeah. is no right or wrong answer. Um, I really encourage people to choose people that support you and interact with you in a way that you love and that feels good to you, but also choose people that you want to kind of be like that bring out the best in you. Because again, this is your circle. This is also your environment and the things that these people say, you will start to think because you're around them so, so much, or like thinking about them so much or talking with them, or if you're going to get support from them, you're also getting their thoughts. So I really encourage that. It's really up to you, the the listener, and to really think about, okay, what's most important for me in a friendship? But then I encourage you again. So I said I picked four lovely girls to move up. And from there, again, I could have picked so many other women that were amazing. And, and these relationships weren't very well established. So it did take a little extra effort at first. Um, with these four girls, but to increase the vulnerability and to increase the consistency was a lot easier with just four than (laughs) with a lot of people are not knowing what you're doing, right? Because that's also part of it is it gives you clarity and direction on, (laughs) okay, here's how I'm making friends, right? And then I will say from there, one thing that's really important is two of those girls ended up becoming some of my priority friends. And one of them got really like weird and and we had like a rejection thing and then the other one is a good friend so I say that because I wasn't attached to making all of them my priority friends my goal was to increase the kind of connections that I wanted to have and I was just going to do it with these four people and I did and even with the one that rejected me and, and so on I still because I was in this place of like I'm doing this for me And because of our tools, right, I could use that for me to be like, no, I have my own back. And look at these other women that like, you know, they're my priority friends now and, and how amazing it is, right? So I just wanted to say that too, because sometimes we hear that and then we start to fear, oh, but what if it's not the same for somebody else? And it's okay if it's not the same for somebody else. It doesn't mean anything about you. Mm, Yeah, thank you for including that and sharing that. I think that's so important. Along with that. So how do you go about, you know, being vulnerable with someone that takes a bit of trust or to know that you're safe, right? Helps that vulnerability piece. So especially if these are like newer friendships that you're cultivating, do you have any tips or advice for like how to gauge how vulnerable to be and when as you're sort of building this friendship? Yeah, it's such a good question. So uh, Shasta calls this incremental vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's because now I know I know you, right? And we're here talking about these things in this container. But let's say like, I had just met you and I started like telling you all about like my past traumas. And we weren't in the container of a podcast where that maybe might be appropriate. But you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that might feel like a lot for you, right? And maybe like, oh my goodness. When we dump on somebody really quickly like that, uh, there isn't familiarity built up between the two of us. Our brains haven't gotten like familiar with us. And so it doesn't feel actually very safe for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that being said, I don't want anybody to hear that and be like, oh my goodness, I can't share things. I'm talking about like just meeting somebody or barely <laughs> like, like kind of knowing somebody and then dumping on them. Definitely 
if you have somebody who is a priority friend or a close friend, I want to encourage everybody because most people tend to lean on this side to share a bit more of even the things that make you uncomfortable or even things that you might feel insecure about to definitely share those with other people because that's just going to be so helpful for you and for them. A lot of people are afraid because they don't want to bother somebody. And it's such an honor actually for the other person to be there for you. Other people want to be useful for you. They want to be there for you. They want to hear you and so on. So that being said, one thing that you can do is you're just meeting people. And the way I like to think about vulnerability is I like to think about vulnerability as, oh, we're seeing a little bit more of each other every single time. So if you have a coworker that you want to deepen your friendship with, for example, and you've only ever spent time with them at work, having them come to your house and see where you live, that's vulnerability because they're seeing you at home in a different light, right? And so if you're increasing vulnerability in a relationship, one question, or I guess it's two questions that are really helpful to think about is like, well, what do I want to share with them? I want them to know. And like, what do, what's one thing I want to know about them? Because then what's happening is you're seeing more of people and people are seeing more of you. And that's what I would say I would start with if you are in the process of really making a new friend or deepening a relationship to look at it like that. I love that. And with the consistency piece, I guess, what are the different ways to build consistency? Maybe that's my question, because I'm thinking like, what if this is you've met someone online and they're not in your physical space? Is it okay to build consistency just through like uh, virtual ways, like phone calls, Zoom calls, that kind of stuff? Or are there better ways than others, if that makes sense? Yes. So I will say, and I think most people kind of intuitively know this, but being in person is arguably like the most connective way. Uh, However, I have a friend that I meet with bi-weekly and she lives in a different state and we have these like meetings and we're all on Zoom and I feel so connected with her. So really at the end of the day, it's how you choose to think about these relationships that's the most important. Some ways to increase consistency, though, is to, like, again, like I said, like, I have a bi-weekly time. And that is such a gift to also offer that that friend, that person. Such a gift to offer that space for her because now she also gets an hour to a couple hours every other week where she gets to feel connected and seen and supported. And she gets to do the same for me and gets to feel useful and like having fun doing so. So such a gift. And it really boils down to how you want to create that consistency and what that looks like for you. Some tips that I have is like, if you are spending time with somebody to plan the next time you're going to hang out together before you leave, because where a lot of the drama sets in and where we add a lot of unnecessary meaning is like in the logistics stage. I'm a friendship coach, y'all. And the logistics stage just sucks. It just is what it is. <laughs> um, for everybody, because every human has things going on, right? Mm-hmm. And let's allow that. Let's allow space for that. 
the logistics stage becomes extra annoying and even painful sometimes when we add meaning to it, like, oh, it's not a priority to this person or so right. on, right? And that's absolutely, as somebody who has ADHD and really struggles to respond to even my priority friends, they are the people that I just prioritize first and foremost after my clients. But even then, right, like if my friends were to make it mean, oh, I don't care, it's just so far from reality. I care so much. However, that's just not a strength of mine. It's not a strength for a lot of people. And if you are somebody who is child free and trying to connect with somebody who isn't, like I could see the temptation there maybe to be like, oh, it's not a priority or it's going to be hard to connect with this person because they have kids in general. And I want to offer that's also not the case. One of my priority friends also has two children and we have found a way to connect in a way that's really meaningful to us and truly I don't think it would matter if she had children or not we both just live very full lives (laughs) so that's also part of it Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a good point, you know, and, and, and that's something also that we talk about a lot in the child-free community is like, we're busy too. Like, yeah, we all lead busy lives. So I think it can be a hang up to focus on whether or not our friends have kids as a reason that they have time for us or not. Right. Right. And it may be too, like, um, if they have children, so my friend, she has two, uh, two children and, that's like a big priority for her now. In my opinion, that's all it means. You know, mm. like this, these, these two little kiddos are just like a really big priority for her. And I think maybe that thought would serve um, some of your listeners because it then in that way, it doesn't have to feel like there's this massive difference between the two of you, right? You just have different priorities. And this is a really big one for this person. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they couldn't be a great priority friend for you, but also it might mean that you want to prioritize someone else and that's okay too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'm curious, are there, you know, and maybe we've sort of touched on them without outlining them in this context, but are there some misconceptions about friendship that you come across quite a bit or even like limiting beliefs around friendship that kind of keep us stuck? Oh my goodness. So many absolutely so many. And to debunk my (laughs) least favorite one is that friendship just happens or it doesn't, or it should be natural. Oh my goodness. That is such a load of crap. And (laughs) the reason why I'm so passionate about that one is because it's so harmful because if friendship just happens or it doesn't, then it's like, oh, we just have no control. No, Mm -hmm. you have control. You can create the deep relationships that you really want. Right. And I love, I would just always choose to think about it that way all day, right? Like I, you can choose the relationships that you want to have and you can, you can create them. It doesn't just happen or doesn't. When it feels like it just happens, a lot of times it's because really you were using those three things that we talked about earlier, meaningful moments, vulnerability, and consistency. And you were just not aware that you were doing that, right? To create a deep friendship. That's why it felt natural. We all have done this, like use those three things before because everybody, even if somebody is listening, that's like, no, I don't have any friends. No, you have, <laughs> you have in your life. You have made a friend, right? And that's how you did. That's why it felt natural, but it doesn't mean that it is just something that happens to us or it doesn't. So if you are finding yourself wanting deeper relationships, there's nothing wrong with you. 
you shouldn't have it figured out already. And now here you go. Like here, you know, here's the information to do that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because I think that's something that I even fall prey to that idea because, you know, a lot of our first friendships do come that way. Like we're in school with people that become our friends because those things are built in. And then I think that there is, I also will hear that, oh, it's just not, it's just not easy to make friends as an adult. Yes. <laughs> but you have like in this conversation distilled down why it was so easy as a kid and we can take those things and just apply them as adults to create friendships that feel more meaningful and are more deeply connected. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And unlike when you were a kid, when most of the time these people were just people that were in your class, <laughs> um, you have a lot more, you've been in a lot more environments and you know a lot more people. You have a, like a lot of ability to really deeply choose who you want to be around. Like what a privilege now as an adult. Right. right. And like you were saying earlier and, and in your own example, how you picked these women that you wanted to become friends with, who they inspired you. And there's that saying, like we're, we become like the five yeah, people yeah, you, you spend the most the time with. You- oh yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe yeah, it is five. just, you become the people that you yeah, spend the most time with. That's it. And I've just inserted your the number five from this conversation. No, I think there is a five, which is really funny. Now I've never really like taken the time to put that together, but I think you're right. <laughs> I think there is a five, <laughs> which is so so interesting. And and like here now to think about the agency, like you're saying that we have to really cultivate like. What do I want in my life? Like, I had a lot of fun last month. Um, one of my best friends and I, we got together and we did vision boards. And it was like so fun to just sit down and think about what I want in my life this coming year and to expand that into who do I want in my life this year. And like to help even thinking about some of my visions and wanting to to create those goals or have those come true, then like who are the people that are going to inspire me to keep striving for the things that I want? Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah, right. I, as somebody who really practices like thought work and belief work, it's such a hack <laughs> to be around people that also are striving for things or people that, you know, embody the things that you are stepping into. And yeah, it's been really fun. That's like a whole side thing, but I've been sharing my belief work and encouraging my clients to do the same thing with their people. And then to ask their people about the thoughts and feelings that they want to feel more of. And it's so fun because now, like, I think every time I talk to a friend, we we are kind of talking about that in some type of way. So it's like the best way to, to practice believing and thinking in a new way and stepping into a new way to achieve new goals. Right. That's so cool. And build connection, right? Because that's a vulnerability piece, being like willing to share that stuff that's so intimate and put it out there for someone else and then also ask them to share. And then and then you're cheering each other on essentially too, which is so cool. Exactly. It's so good. It's so juicy. It's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. What has been like the impact that you've seen as you help clients do this work? What has been that impact for you or what have you learned seeing other people, not just having your own experience of going through this and building your own quality friendships, but also seeing other people do the same? 
Yeah. The thing that I've noticed the most with my clients that is rather surprising, and I will be honest too, I don't talk about this a lot. And here's why, because I I just believe in the focus of, oh, we're connecting, we're feeling fulfilled, like we have these amazing relationships. And right, you know, sometimes there's issues and we repair and it's still deep and and lovely. And and just, I really love focusing on that. But I will say the most surprising thing that I noticed with all of my clients is that they end up achieving a lot more than they would without. And it's because of the things that we've been talking about, but also connection is such an upward spiral. You feel like when you have spaces where you can go and be supported and be seen and be understood very deeply, you process things a lot quicker. Mm. You are more energized. There's more laughter in your life. There's more joy. You have more energy to do the things you want to do. And you also, and I am hesitant to say this because I don't mean oh, like if other people love you, you'll love yourself. That's not what I mean. But I will say when we have these really loving relationships and these really close relationships, we do feel a lot more capable and a lot more worthy. And it doesn't mean that if you don't have these relationships that you're not worthy. Again, that's not what I'm saying. Self-love is the most important part. You got to be a really good friend to you too. However, I, I've just really noticed that with clients, they they really strive for more things and they really are like, oh, like I, I am deserving of more things. And and again, I, I say this, this word worthy because even as we identify as humans in general, we kind of identify in terms of relationships, right? Like I'm a good daughter. I'm really smart compared to who. And, and so when we have these relationships where we feel this close and this supported it just really fuels us to go for more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it makes so much sense too, right? Like when we're putting in effort and also, but also receiving it, then it just, it just makes everything flow more easily in our lives. Okay. So another question I had, okay, I'm the youngest of five kids. So I have four siblings and I also have like friends. So it's like, how do we delineate like if we come from big families, who goes in our inner circle? Do we differentiate from family and friends or do does that make sense? It does. It does. And I, so I draw this normally as a triangle. Okay. With the, the meaningful moments. So if anybody's like driving, you can just picture, you don't have to draw it or anything, but meaningful moments is at the bottom. And then on one side going up to the point is vulnerability. And on the other side is uh, consistency going up to the point. And the point of the triangle is, you know, where your priority friends hang out. This is actually a really great example. Because like, if you decided, okay, this sibling, you know, I feel really supported with them in this way. They have all these things that I really like, you know, want to keep alive in myself and I want to bask in, right? And it doesn't mean if, if this one sibling is a priority friend that the rest of them aren't important to you or that you love them any less, it does not mean that. And those siblings, they just might be like not a priority friend, but like a step below on your triangle, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. Does that make sense? How do you feel about that? <laughs> no, no, actually, that is kind of what I had thought. My, yeah, absolutely. I think that makes complete sense because, you know, I think of my siblings, there are some that I talk to more than others. And so, you know, just like there's the consistency piece, right? So it makes sense where they would kind of fall in the triangle. Yeah. And again, that's okay. It's not wrong. It doesn't mean one's better than the other. It's just like, here's what you want for you right now. And you still love them. And I really want to offer this mindset because one thing I have found with my clients and with myself is that when you do prioritize and, and accept this love and also love up again, it's there's no like, oh, these people are better than these people. You also are more present when you are connecting with people that maybe are lower in your triangle when you are connecting with them, right? there's this like presence that comes about and this like, oh, we're being very intentional with how we're connecting right now. So yeah. And I love that point you made earlier in the conversation too, about how by freeing ourselves from having to have everyone like in our inner circle, it also frees them to have more meaningful connections to find that person that can really support them better than maybe we can at this point in our life. And that's not to say it's going to stay that way forever. You know, I like you have also pointed out friendships ebb and flow or those who are in our inner circles ebb and flow every seven years or, or whatnot. And I think it's really important to sort of release ourselves from having to feel like we have to hold the same friendships at the same level all the time going forward forever (laughs) right yeah yeah and and if you are there like I have been there too I love I love talking about this story but I've had the same best friend since I was 12 and he and I you know we did like everything together all the Halloweens the dances you know we all through our uh, growing up together and I always kind of knew <laughs> that when he got a partner, that our relationship would change because he's a very like emotionally intelligent and intuitive person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being somebody who socializes as a male, I knew I was his person to have those conversations with, felt comfortable with me. So I knew when he got a partner that he would have somebody else in which he had a little bit more of that emotional relationship with and I wouldn't be the go-to I wouldn't be the like priority for that anymore right I always kind of knew that but when it started happening I was like oh man I hate this and you know so I have been I've been there as well and I was really resistant to our relationship changing. And here's part of the reason why I was, and this might be helpful for somebody, is because I also had the thought, oh, we we should just be just as close, like forever, right? Like we should always be that way. And he's somebody that when I'm around him, we're very present. We are very like, like I feel very present with him. I do feel very connected with him. And he might not be a priority anymore that doesn't mean I love him any less or I feel any close to him if anything since I've decided that that I feel closer to him in a way because there's no like resistance pulling at me yeah and now I also have his partner as somebody who's a good friend and I really think that if I would have kept this up of like oh we can't our friendship can't change that I might have I don't I don't know exactly how but I might have bumped heads with his partner and no his partner goes on my girls trips with me and like we yeah like his partner is just such an important part of my life now too and I would have missed out on that if I would have kept this resistance coming up 
Yeah. Oh, wow. That's such a beautiful example of, I think, how that resistance and releasing it can be so empowering and helpful, you know, in these relationships. That's really cool. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. And, and, I, and I will say too, for a lot of my clients, some of it's like, oh, I've been friends with this person for so long, but I don't agree with what they're doing anymore, or I don't like being around that anymore. And so we're resistant to giving that relationship up. And again, it's already shifted. Your relationship's already shifted. You guys are already two different humans. So you can feel more connected to that person if you're not still trying to make them a priority just because they've always been there. And then you can open yourself up to people that are more aligned with what you're doing. Oh yeah. That's such a good point. And then think of all the energy you release in in that resistance that you had, you know, and thinking about how different you'd become, but yet still feeling like you had to maintain the friendship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and if anything, like because I know it sounds like, oh, I I'd let I'd release this person a bit, but I promise you, you will feel so much better about your relationship if you're no longer trying to make it the same. You will actually like have the capacity to appreciate that person in other ways. Um yeah. if you're not trying to make them a priority just because they've always been there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I love your perspective and 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 the mindset shifts that you've identified with this. So how can people, if they're curious about your work and want to connect with you, maybe even like learn more about your coaching, how can they find you? Yeah. So I have a website that is just jewelholman.com. You got to use like the gross part of your throat to say my last name. So um, <laughs> there, there's my website. I also primarily hang out on Instagram and that is just Jewel Holman. So J-E-W-E-L, like how you would like a jeweler or a gem. And then dot H-O-H-M-A-N. So you come hang out. I have lots of tips. I have a guide on my website about how to take less things personally. But I do want to say, I mean, obviously everybody here that is listening is listening because they get support and empowerment with being child-free. And I will say, like, you have intentionally created a community for people to connect with other women that are also child-free. So if you are looking for that common interest, because that's fair, right? That's a fair desire. You have one right here, right now (laughs) with Anna. So thank you. Definitely tap into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely come hang out with us in Wink Club. It's a blast. But um, also check out Jewel's Instagram and and website because I just I find your your reels and the information you share and your posts just so inspiring and helpful. And um, I've learned so much from you. I really have, and I'm so grateful to you for that. So thank you for taking the time to come on and help us learn a little bit more about how to create priority, meaningful friendships. Thank you. Thank you so much. It it was a blast. And you really dove into a lot of things that are so valuable. And thank you so much for having me here to talk about my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, you're so welcome. Come back anytime. (laughs) I love you. I'll catch you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you haven't already, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. This is how we reach more people. And in doing so, that's how we break the stigma. I would really appreciate your support in that and helping this podcast reach more listeners. And if you're someone who is struggling with any aspect of your child-free life, head over to my website and book your free clarity call. We'll talk about how you can start living your best child-free life with intention and purpose today.